Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a Christian psychotherapist specializing in trauma therapy, couples, relationships, and personal development. She is passionate about your life and is here to encourage, teach, and inspire you to be your own best version. Find her online at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Now, with today's fresh insights, Cynthia Hyatt. Well, good afternoon. I'm Cynthia Hyatt. This is Conversations with Cynthia. So appreciate you being with me today and all the great feedback that you are giving me. It really helps for me to kind of hone in and make sure that I'm giving you the information that is most pertinent and helpful to you because that's really what this show is about, is making sure that we're able to be who God has really designed us to be, that we are able to change the world, that we are to be a light in a dark place, that we're to be different than the world, and that we are to be known by our love. And that's a, that's a difficult one because, you know, humans are just uh, not always lovable, <laughs> right? I mean, I know I'm, I'm hard to love sometimes, and I'm very thankful for my husband and his patience. You know, I told you last week about some of those things that he is patient with me about. And, and so, you know, we both really try to practice uh, the fruits of the Spirit and really focusing upward instead of horizontally or, you know, downward. And it's easy to focus on all the things that are not working. It's easy to get caught up in adjusting your personal attitudes and behaviors and thoughts relative to how you feel in that situation and and the feelings that a situation can evoke in you. And this is why a value system, a code of ethics, a moral code is imperative when it comes to having a guiding principle. And we talked yesterday about, you know, it's like the, the inner core of the earth is rock solid. And it, you know, then we have the surface of the earth that is constantly, you know, in flux and changing. And when the core of the earth falls apart, we're going to be in big trouble. So we want to make sure that our inner core is solid and that the surface, who we're showing to the world, is reflective of that inner core. And so I'm going to spend a couple of minutes on Galatians 5 and 6 because this is so helpful to me. When I'm not sure of... of what the right thing is to do in any given moment or, or when I'm kind of getting off track with my own value system and, I, and maybe I haven't been, been reading, reading my own you know, code that I've written down and the ways and the things that define me and how I want to be seen and what I want to leave people with, the experience I want to leave people with. Sometimes I get very busy, I get tired, I get weary, and, and I lose track. And so it helps me if I just go back to a very basic principle. And, and this is kind of really understanding, you know, what's, what is God's value system? And first and foremost, we have the law that Christ left us with that encompassed all the other laws. And that is, you love the Lord God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, all that is within you, You love your neighbor as yourself. So if I'm loving my neighbor 
which may be my husband, my kids, my pets, whoever lives with me, you know, the, my, my patients, my, my clients, my, you know, uh, family, neighbors, the person at the grocery store, if I'm treating them better than myself, then I'm breaking the law. And the law is not to be oppressive. It isn't to give me guilt. It isn't to give me shame. It's to redirect. It's kind of like, you know, you're driving down the road and all of a sudden you see the speed limit and it changed and you went, oh my gosh, it went to 45. Oh, I liked it when it was 55 or 65. And it's a reminder. It's like, hey, here, here's the external. Let's get back on track. So this, this Bible verse helps me to say, you know, how far off am I? Am I loving the Lord God with all my heart, all my mind, all my soul? Because if I start there, that's such an energizing relationship, and he promises that, that I'm going to be better able to love my neighbor with all their foibles, whatever's going on with them. Maybe they're way better than me. Maybe they're better looking, more accomplished, richer, whatever it may be, and I feel less than. Well, it helps me not to cower. It helps me to, to be with my neighbor with confidence, whoever that neighbor may be. Maybe it's my, the CEO of my company. Maybe it's one of my siblings that is far more accomplished than I am, and I feel less than. It helps me to get grounded again and say, you know, I'm just supposed to love my neighbor, whatever station of life that they're in, and I'm supposed to love myself. And we've talked at length on this show about you're the primary caregiver of you. God gave you to you. He's depending on you to take care of his little kid. And you are his little kid. We are his children. No matter what age we are, we are his children. And so if God dropped off you with you, can he trust you with you? Think of how you as a parent, or if you're leaving a pet with someone, those things that you value, those relationships that mean everything to you, how do you feel when you can't trust the person you're leaving that child or pet with? How do you feel when your aging parent has to be cared for by somebody and you don't know if you can trust that, that nurse that comes in every day to her home and, and, and takes care of her or, or your father? This is how God feels. Can he trust you with you? So what I do is I go back to Galatians chapter 5. 22 through 23, and this is the NIV version, and we're going to look at the NIV and the message because those are kind of my two favorite translations. And this says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Isn't that interesting? These supersede the law because the law has a specific way to walk it out. So if I'm doing these, I will always be within the law. Now, if the law is corrupt, that's a whole different show. But when I am I'm really practicing the fruits of the Spirit, I can guarantee that I'm going to be following any law that God may have. The fruits of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness. How much do we need kindness in our society right now? Goodness. We need good people. Good people. Trustworthy people. 
How about faithfulness? How much are we struggling with faithfulness? Faithfulness to a church, faithfulness to an organization, faithfulness to our job, faithfulness to our, our partners, our spouses, our children, faithfulness to our God, to our Savior. We need gentleness and self-control. Now, what I have found, I like the fact that the writer listed self-control at the very end and he didn't start it with self-control. Because what I have found is if I really practice love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, I automatically have self-control. It's amazing how much control I have over myself. So let's look on to chapter 6 in Galatians. And this is truly an edict that, I, that is very grounding and centering to me because I have a tendency to like generalities. My husband likes specifics. He's more literal than I am. And so I like generalities that, that give me some leeway and some maneuverability. So when I look at the Galatians 5, 22 through 23, this is very specific. When I look at Galatians 6, it says, Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore the person gently. See? That's part of the fruit of the Spirit. Gentleness. Restoration. Coming alongside. That's faithfulness. That's forbearance. Watch yourselves, though, because you also may be tempted. So one of the things about knowing self and having a personal value system is knowing what, I, what my capacity is. So what may be corruptive to me? And I need to know my own capacity. And we practice, we, we learn this in grad school, that we, it's called transference and countertransference. And, and I, I have to constantly be gauging how I'm connecting with a client. Because I have to make sure that that relationship is always one of integrity and that I'm adhering to an ethical code. Some clients I may connect with more. Some clients I may not as much. Some clients, their problems may evoke things from my own past. And I want to make sure that my past is truly my past. So that my past doesn't cloud that moment as they are talking about the issue they're presenting to me. So watch yourselves when you're interacting with people and recognizing your own capacity and saying, you know what? I don't think I'm the person to help you, but I can find someone for you. So carry each other's burdens. And in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. That's forbearance. So if anyone thinks they're, that they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. This is humility. That I know who I am. My talents, my abilities, my intelligence, my appearance, whatever family I was born into, whatever, however much money I have, those have, that has nothing to do with what I'm going to be judged for except as to how I handled them. And so when I think that I'm something when I'm not, this is a huge issue of pride. I deceive myself. So when I am thinking that my talent gives me license to break laws, because I think I'm more high, I'm more, I think more highly of myself 
than others? Or what if I do the inverse? I'm so wrapped up in all the things that I'm not doing right and shaming myself and guilting myself and judging myself that maybe all the good qualities that God has given me, I ignore because I'm so wrapped up in that and I'm deceiving myself as to my own value. I'm determining my, my value based on how, how much I can overcome sin. And that, that's contrary to the gospel. God does not save people that have overcome sin. He wants us to be overcomers because our life is better and we're more effective for him. But it has nothing to do with our value. So each one, this is verse 4, each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. This is the idea you know, we always get weird about the word pride. But I want you to have pride in yourself. I want you to be proud of yourself. And, and we've talked at length about the idea of overcomers, right? Those are the people that have something to be proud of. They actually overcame a hardship. They overcame a disease. They overcame an addiction, which is a disease. They overcame a, a, a horrible injury. They overcame a, a business setback. They overcame a huge moral failure. And when they overcome it, we think more highly of them. So each one should test their own actions. Not comparing yourself to someone else. How can you compare yourself to someone else when you're a unique, one-time, only occurring individual? You've only occurred one time. You only compare yourself to you. You are only in a race with yourself. You're only competing with yourself. So then it goes on to say in, in, in verse 5, For each one should carry their own load. Nevertheless, the one who receives instruction in the word should, ha should share all good things with their instructor. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. So I want you to recognize that as you look out into our society and the world and you see bad people getting away with, with, you know, doing bad things and they're actually getting a ton of good things as a result, understand God will not be mocked. He wrote this into the creation. It applies to sinners, it, which we are all. It applies to believers. It applies to non-believers. God will not be mocked. You reap what you sow. Look what happened to Hitler. We have so many people, so many stories of great success and huge power and opulence, and they fell. So God will not be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. So whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Because think about that. Our flesh is fallen. If we sow into our flesh the pleasures of that, we're going to reap destruction. We're going to follow wherever the flesh went, and the flesh is fallen. So whoever sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. So let us not become weary in well-doing. For at a proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. So we want to encourage each other in living out our value systems. Don't give up. You fall down, get up. I mean, have you ever, I mean, imagine if you walked into your, your um, office building today 
and there was a person laying in the lobby. And you said, hey, what are you doing down there? He said, well, I fell. Okay, so how long are you going to lay there? Are you going to get up? So when we fall, we get back up. We learn from why we fell. We strengthen whatever part of us needs to be strengthened so that we do not fall again. So therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially those who belong to the family of believers. This is what's so important. We belong to the family of believers, but we belong to the family of humans as well. God wants all of these humans in our family. So let's look at it in the message version. Because I really like the way that it, 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 it says this. So this is the Galatians 5, 22 through 24 in the Message Bible. And it says, but what happens when we live God's way? He brings gifts into our lives, much the same way that fruit appears in an orchard. Things like affection for others, exuberance about life, serenity. And we develop a willingness to stick with things, a sense of compassion in the heart, and a conviction that basic holiness permeates things and people. Things and people. That means that if holiness permeates me, holiness will permeate the things that I do. So we find ourselves involved in loyal commitments, not needing to force our way in life, able to marshal and direct our energies wisely. So the NIV version gave us very, very literal specifics. The Message Bible gives us an idea, a way of living, an overall um, pervasive concept. It says, what happens when we live God's, lives God's way? He brings gifts into our lives, much the same way that fruit appears in an orchard, which is beautiful because if you really are a tree planted very deeply and God is watering you, you will constantly be overturning whatever's going on in your life into seasons of fruit. And you will be producing that fruit that people can take advantage of, that is life-giving. And so these things are like affection for others. Have affection for God's people. That means that, that, you know, I look at them in a good-spirited manner. I don't judge them initially and then decide if I like them. I always give people the benefit of the doubt. I want to have an exuberance for life, which gives me serenity. And we develop a willingness to stick to things. We have compassion of heart and conviction that basic holiness permeates things in people. I love that. That has helped me so much. That if I am working on holiness within me, everything I do has holiness infused in it. And so we find ourselves involved in loyal commitments. That's the faithfulness piece that that the NIV was talking about. Not needing to force our way into life. Not needing to prove to people who we are. That we trust who God has made us to be. And he will shine the light on us at at due time, whenever whenever that's necessary or proper. That we're not looking to make that happen. 
and that we're able to marshal and direct our energies. That's self-control. So let's look at Galatians 6. This is the way of living out of the Message Bible. Think about this as your personal foundations for the value systems that you, when you are looking at those different areas, those personal, spiritual, relational, professional, health, spiritual value systems. This says, live creatively, friends. If someone falls into sin, forgivingly restore them. Saving your critical comments for yourself because you might be needing forgiveness before the day's out. Stoop down. Reach out to those who are oppressed. Share their burdens. And so complete Christ's law. If you think you're too good for that, you are badly deceived. Make a careful exploration of who you are and the work you have been given. Then sink yourself into that. See this careful, make a careful exploration of who you are and the work you've been given. This is your value system. What defines you? And when you define that, you sink yourself into that. Don't, don't be impressed with yourself. And don't compare yourself to others. How can you compare an apple to an orange? They're both fruit, but they're very different, but they're similar. They're different, but the same. And so some people have a preference for me. Other people don't have a preference for me. And that, that's, just the way that, that's just the way that it is. So I have a preference for apples. Other people have a preference for kiwi. I don't know. But they're all fruits, and they're all life-giving. And we need to be the best, most vibrant fruit we can be so that we are life-giving. So you must take responsibility for doing the creative best you can with your own life. And creativity doesn't mean always the arts. Creativity is you. You. You are unique. You are the only one that can touch people's lives in the way that you do, either for the good or for the bad. So be sure now. You, have, you who have been trained to a self-sufficient maturity... Enter into generous common life with those who have trained you, sharing all the good things. Don't be misled. No one makes a fool of God. What a person plants, he will harvest. This is the power of a value system that defines me, that I adhere to, that I have spiritually asked the Lord to help me create so that I understand the map of my life, what, what road to take, what one to resist, it's guiding me. It's a compass. It's my inner core. So don't allow ourselves to get fatigued in doing good. Don't get into the performance trap of getting all your self-worth out of how you perform. It goes on to say in verse 10, Right now, therefore, every time we get a chance, let us work for the benefit of all. Starting with the people closest to us, And he goes on to say, may what our master Jesus Christ gives freely be deeply and personally yours, my friends. What our master Jesus Christ gives so freely, be deeply, have it be deeply and personally yours. God bless you today. We're going to wrap up this week tomorrow with your guaranteed value that you will understand 
your value is guaranteed. It cannot be changed. Thank you so much for joining me today. Make sure you go to the website, listen to all the shows you've not been able to hear, catch up with them, send them to your friends. Have a blessed day. Thank you, Jeremy, so much for all your help. What a great producer you've been. To hear today's program again or to share it with someone else, please go online, CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Conversations with Cynthia is heard daily at 3 p.m. and 12 noon every Sunday on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. Follow Cynthia on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Cynthia Hyatt. Until next time, remember, be your own best version. Yeah.